There we go. Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. And now, all about wine is on. Here we go. Yay! She's here already. There we go. We are live. We are live on All About Wine on this March 9th, 2023 edition. It is 7.01 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got that, Mike? Mm-hmm. And no. we will be <laughs> we will be on daylight saving time come Sunday morning at 2 o'clock in the morning. So set your clocks for 2 o'clock, get up and change your clock forward an hour, and then you can go back to bed. Or just sleep in at the weekend, you know, who cares? Just, yeah, just and then enjoy it. It'll be an hour late for work Monday morning because you'll forget. We have a guest tonight, oh, okay. Jessica Kogan or Kogan? I'm I'm not Kogan. sure if it's Kogan or Kogan. Um, she is uh, a lot of stuff. I you know wow I'm uh, she's done well. I'll tell you what. Instead of me sitting there telling you what she has done. She is waiting in the green room, so why don't we just bring her in and have her tell us what all she's done. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, So, Coogan or Kogan? It's Kogan. Kogan, okay. Kogan. I hope you have a glass of wine right now as we talk, because it is 7 o'clock your time. Yes, yes, of course. I always have a glass of wine during uh, during the show. This is just sort yeah. of a nondescript uh, red wine that uh, my wife particularly likes, and she brought into me and says, "Here." And so I'm I'm not even sure what year it is or which one of the two or three she likes, but it's always good to have a glass of wine with the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Did she buy it in a store or did she buy it online? We get most of our wines in the store. We uh, go out shopping to the local, well, different places. Publix, our supermarkets here, has a bogo yeah. uh, quite often. And we yeah. look for wines that we like that are buy one, get one. So we're getting $22, $25 wines for $12, $13. And so... Yeah. It's it's uh, our favorite way to get it, but we also uh, frequent liquor stores or wine shops, myself particularly, and find wines and say, "Oh, this looks interesting," and I I pick mm-hmm. it up. And but uh, so to answer the question, everywhere. <laughs> Got it. So like Discovery is more at the wine store, and Publix is more of the deal. 
That's that's it. That's it exactly. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, hey, yeah, it, it works very well for us. In fact, we we're getting so many bottles of wine. We've got uh, the wine refrigerators filled up, and we've got our hundred bottle rack filled up, and a couple of smaller ones. And we keep saying we need to drink more, but we're drinking a lot now anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what an impossible problem. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's it's, it's tough. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's uh It's hard to decide. There's so many great wines. It's just hard. So hard. You're absolutely right, yeah. And we've you know, we find some that we like and we'll we'll pick up a couple more of those and and we sit down just for a meal or a casual and we pull those out and enjoy those with the meal and then we find different ones that are new to us, and so we try those without food because we want to taste everything that it's going to mm-hmm. present us. And so, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know when you, when you're into wine, as you well understand, uh, it's an ongoing journey and an ongoing discovery. For sure. I mean, I think that's like one of the most beautiful yet misunderstood parts of wine in many ways. It feels so opaque, but one of the best, one of the most awesome things I think that has happened in wine is is really vineyard suppliers being able to tell their story online and yes. have a moment with the customer that they did not have prior to the Internet. And that's a good point because you can, uh, only about the only way you can understand what, it was all about was be at the winery and mm-hmm. I remember those years and then when the internet came in you can just click on it and and find so much information there but yeah you're absolutely right it's definitely I mean I wasn't I didn't grow up being I wasn't I didn't grow up in California I grew up in Washington DC and wine wasn't a big part of my family's life And so for me, when I moved to New York City and I would go to the local store, the local wine shop, because in New York, can't sell at the grocery store, can only get at the the local wine shop that has a a permit. And I'd walk into the store and it was like the most overwhelming feeling I have ever felt. And I worked in an industry that is overwhelming in fashion and beauty. But in a wine store, it was like all of these wines, all of these bottles, all of these labels, and without any information. <laughs> right? That's I true. mean, that's true. Yeah. It's, and for people who want to get into wine, it's scary. And you just you feel like you're just clueless. And when I ended up going into the wine industry, I just, that feeling has always resonated in all of the work that I do, which is to try and tell the story so that customers can come to inform decisions for themselves. That's very good. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is overwhelming. A, a good example is my grandson, his uh, bride asked us the other day when we saw him 
could you teach us about wine? And I said, well, mm-hmm. what do you what do you drink? And they said, we go to the store and we just don't know what to get. There's so many different ones there and so many different brands. And it happens to a lot of people and they just, they get overwhelmed and they don't know anything. And having a background, a story, having something to be able to relate to is, I think, of the utmost importance. I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, it's really interesting because I'm sure you absolutely know this. I mean, Costco is, I think, I don't know if they currently are the number one seller of wine in the country, but they do a pretty significant volume. However, their skew count is like an eighth of what you see in other stores Hmm. when it comes to wine. And one aspect of Costco that I think has really done like so well with customers and and kind of a, a little company that I built on the side is a, you know they demo at Costco or the Price Club. They would demo you know you would t- do the little taste of all the food. Some people would go in there to have their lunch. Right. And when we with wine, I just felt that I'm like, why is there not somebody in the wine department? talking about the wines, not just like the, the Psalm who's, who's, or the wine manager, but like people, customers talking to customers about wine. And um, it really makes a difference. And I can, you know, with so many uh, stores around the country now, especially the big retail liquor stores, they're really making such an effort to connect with customers and to talk about the story, which I believe is related to the survival of wine at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, it's, uh, it was just last week during the show, I was uh, pointing out how wine sales are down in yeah. so many areas and so many uh, age groups. And yeah. and it's, I think it's just, particularly in the uh, millennials and the uh and Gen X is not aware of it. Not, I mean, they they are bombarded with other spirits and drinks and and mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of stuff. And wine mm-hmm. is not uh, in the forefront in advertising and stuff. They're they just sort of sit back and say, okay, we're wine. People like us, and don't say anything else. You know? Yeah, I mean. It's a very expensive, and as you know, it's expensive to make wine, less yeah. expensive to make spirits. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that there are a couple things that have been going on. I, Gen X as a cohort just cannot maintain the sales of wine. They're just not big enough. Millennials yeah. came into income much later than – Gen X or boomers because of 2008. And so their interest in investing in wine and connecting with wine was really related to the amount of money that they had to spend, which was not a lot. And so then you have these other trends that come into play, which are wellness, health, you know, um, uh, enjoying more organic foods, um, knowing what you're putting in your body. And I think that trend 
kind of eclipsed the message of wine, which is all of those things. And you yes. have instead these ready, you, you have the, you know, these ready to drink cocktails, which claim, you know, low calorie, low sugar, all of this stuff. But in fact, it's actually not really good stuff to put in your body. <laughs> right? It's yeah, just insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I believe that Gen Z, I believe Gen Z is going to come back to wine in a very big way. You think so, huh? I do. Yeah. I really, really do. Your grandson's kids, or my kids actually, born well, your grandson doesn't have kids yet, um, but kids who were born 2000 to 2000, or was, no, sorry, 98 to 2010, um, that, yeah, I, I really think that they're coming of age, and I really think they're going to lead the charge. Well, it, it's the thing I think is going to help that, too, is like you were just saying, the healthiness uh, trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are healthy things to have and all that. And wine is starting to embrace that uh, mm-hmm. that thought more with their organic and their biodynamic and their regenerative mm-hmm. and all that stuff that I think that are catchwords for yeah. uh, that generation. And if they can continue yeah. with that, that, uh, that trend, I think, is going to mm-hmm. really help a lot. Oh, oh I, I mean, just hear. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just want to say. I just. I just found. I wrote this down because I am always curious. But uh, Gen Z is from 1997 to 2012. I, oh, oh, did you? Yeah. I'm telling you, they're the ones. They're gonna. They're gonna. There's gonna be some report about. Remember the report that came out about a glass of red wine. It's good for your heart. Oh, yeah. And then all the other reports saying that's not true. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was transformative for the, for, the, for the industry. Yeah. It was. And I think that we'll see something similar. Well, it's, they're constantly coming out with reports about the health benefits of wine. And, and like I say, every time they come out with two or three reports saying it, then all of a sudden a study pops up that's saying – uh, you know, we found that this is not good for you and anything more than two ounces a week is going to, you know, I mean, ridiculous stuff like that. And yeah. I, I would hope that any generation is intelligent enough to understand that that's ridiculous compared to all the reports that are saying that it's good for you and how it's helped you and and how, uh, the numerous studies that have shown that red wine is good for you and all the antioxidants and everything else that's included in it. So mm-hmm. like I say, you just got to hope that the people aren't swayed mm-hmm. too much by the one or two reports that come out to say that it's bad and listen to all the good reports. I, I, I don't, I think that, I mean, obviously it's hard to say at this moment because Gen Z is just coming on. But I, I do believe, and you do have millennials who do enjoy wine, 
they just are not willing to invest as much money. And I do believe that at like at the core, customers know that wine is better for the better for you than a than spirits and right. any anything ready to drink, <laughs> anything yeah, at all. Right. Um, but the cost is still challenging. I mean, I was just looking at um, a couple of competitors. I mean, one of the reasons that I started my wine company that was acquired by Vintage was because of how prohibitive costs are. And you get good, really good wine. Like you and your wife have figured it out. Like you've got your, you've got your plan of attack. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so I think that perhaps one aspect is kind of, you know, producing better quality wine um, uh, for at, at, a, at a more reasonable price. Is so important for the simple fact <laughs> that, it, like you say, wine is looked at as being an expensive indulgence that you only partake of on special occasions. It's, it's not an evening drink or anything. I mean, you come home from work and you open up a beer. Uh, you don't open up a bottle mm-hmm. of wine because mm-hmm. it's, well, it's wine. And it's a to- now. commitment because of the corks. Like, you know, I mean, it's such an investment, you know. Yes. It's just, and I think that, like, in Australia, they figured it out with, you know, using Selvins as their primary closure. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that it's a huge debate in our industry, but I believe if there are more um, screw caps, that there would be more uh, customers inclined to buy wine because they would well, close it up. Yeah, the thing is, it's so so crazy though. It, it, people are still hesitant. Yeah, hesitant when it comes to mm-hmm. screw caps on wine, but yet yeah. the sales of canned wines are shooting through the roof, increasing like by insane, like over three hundred percent. You know, I, know. I mean. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't want, and, I don't want a screw cap on my bottle of wine, but here, give me, give me this can, and I'll, you know, I just, I don't understand the reasoning behind that. And you know? I mean, well, because because it's 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 like in a smaller container, right? Yeah, it yeah. feels more um, like partaking versus like a big investment, and. It's just more, I, I think the word is accessibility, you know, it's just much more accessible. Mm, it's just, yeah. I don't, I mean, I think with canned wine, the, the problem is, is that it doesn't, as in my personal opinion, is that it doesn't eat very well in those cans. And, well, you know, you've got to turn inventory fast. It's it's really well, it's not made to age. It, it's made to drink beer. I think it just it, it's you you keep you, you buy a, a six pack or twelve pack of beer in a, in a can, and you know mm-hmm. what to do with it. You go home, you throw it in the refrigerator. When you come home from work or doing yard work or something, you open it up and you drink it. And I think yeah. 
the can of wine is trying to, uh, I don't want to say trying to get that market because it, it's a little mm-hmm. bit different post, but they're trying to be yep. as casual as yep. that. It's something you can take to the beach with you. It's something that you can go on a picnic. You can, uh, you know, cans are accept a lot, uh, a lot more places than a bottle would be. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, especially here in Florida, uh, we, you know, you no bottles on the beach and stuff like that, but you can take cans yeah. and it's, uh, the convenience is, is so much better. And like I say, it's just, it's to drink now. It's nothing that you, you're going to age. And from what I'm reading, and I'm, I I'm, have to admit, I think I've had one uh, can of wine. But from what I'm reading, there's some really <laughs> some premium wines being put into cans now. Yeah. I mean, there, there definitely are. Um, but not, I mean, many of the premium brands that appeal to um, customers who are purchasing $45 bottle of wine, they won't put their brand on it. But they, yeah. would, they, they will make the wine for it. Well, you know, and the thing is, too, uh, the, uh, back to the cost and Mm-hmm. You know, you're well aware of, of the situation with costs. You're not going to spend a whole lot of money for a can of wine. A bottle of wine, you, you feel like it's a bottle of wine. But a can of wine, I'm not going to spend $22 for a can. You know, and you I think it, it, it's perception is a lot to do with that. Yeah. Totally, I totally agree. But this like goes back to the self enclosure. It's like, you know, cans make it. Ex- but if you had self enclosures, then you just like open up. I believe that you would just open up your customer base in such a big way. I mean, you oh, I will agree. also lose some customers, but I think that the the longer, you know, just I think that longer term, it's just it it will prove out to be the right right decision um that's i mean i i'm i am not involved in any aspect of i mean i you know do labels and whatnot and closures but like i can't win the battle on on closures that's like that is a big big battle i think played out within the industry without really talking to customers i think what's well, I don't know. You're right. It's a big, big battle. And I've talked to wineries over the years, and I've mentioned the Stelvin, and, you know, it's just like I said a very, very dirty word to them. And they, well, no, we use cork, and that's what we use all the time, and that's what will never change and all that. And I said, well, doesn't that increase the cost of everything? And mm-hmm. you get this little pause in there because it does. It's it's more expensive it, to, you know, yeah. use a cork in in the capsule than it is to just put a stealth enclosure on it. And but still, you know, the old school good old boys of California winemakers are mm-hmm. not going to go stealthing. I mean, and and that's it. I it's they're not. Uh, I, it, I, it, I I think that's it for the moment, but. 
again, like as we see sales decline, they're going to have to seek inspiration. And, and, and I think that – go ahead. I'm just going to say, therefore, cans and boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are times of just box said. and photo box. Photo box, I think they sell like 2 million boxes a year. Yeah, yeah. And, and black box is, is right up there mm-hmm. also. And, you know, people are so excited about awards, and black box is, has gotten over 150 awards at, at competitions. Like, I mean, it, yeah, it's outrageous the number of huh? awards they've Wow, I had no idea. Who makes, um, is it the wine group that makes Black Box? I think so, yeah. I, I think That's it is the wine group. Uh, yeah, amazing. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. That's awesome. That's totally awesome. I mean, yeah. we need, like, stuff like that is so important. And it, at the end, I, I really believe that 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 kind of enjoyment, starting you know with boxed wine, whatever you know, easy accessible. The job of you know the more premium wineries really is to create a stepping stone for right. who enjoy boxed wine, you know, and and we they, we just that's it. Wow. Yeah, and. There's more, again, just like cans, there's more and more box wines on the shelf. And I, I think it's past the novelty stage when uh, Franzia came out with it originally. Oh. It was a novelty, you know, wine in a box. But now, and and what, oh, geez, I, I'm, I'm going to have to look up this company. I've got it here. Uh Oh, who is it? I can't think of their name now. Oh, my gosh. Um, Francia is made by, actually, by the wine group, and Black Box is made by Gallo. Oh, 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 okay, okay. That's, you know, Francia's been around forever and ever, and that's, that was my... Francia was like, the, the, the Tetra Pak innovation was like earth-shattering change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and you notice, like, how Franzia is always at the back of the shot. Like, it's always at the end. <laughs> on the bottom, the- in the back. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. <clears throat> yeah. So that you have to walk through the entire aisle. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Crazy yeah. things those, those crazy salespeople do. Yes. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, that's a box. I get it. But it's Francia. And Francia has that, you know, has that cheap box reputation. But, boy, they sell a lot of it. And Oh, my God. Oh, just, I mean, that is the bread and butter of the wine group. Well, I mean, they do Cupcake and Chloe. And I believe, I don't even know if they're still doing King Cannon, but I'm fish on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they are. Have yeah. some, they they have some big hits, but Franzia is the winner, winner. I mean. Yeah. They're the one that carries a lot of those others, yeah. And mm-hmm. and the stores know this, too. I mean, when they walk in there and say, we want to increase the uh, exposure of Cupcake, the uh, stores don't hesitate because the distributors are just pulled back on Franzia, and it's money. I mean, they, they know Oh, that. my gosh. 
Yeah. How do you, so you know, yes. So <laughs> it's just, I, I hope it changes, but who knows? Oh, yeah. I do too. Yeah. I, I'm not on the wholesale side. The beauty of being, you know, being on the digital side is there are no rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. I, oh, I wish I could think of the name of that company. I get emails from them too. And that's what the bad thing about it is. I can't, can't from think you. of the company. Uh, it's they came out Castle Ridge. There it is, Castle Ridge. Uh-huh. It just dawned on me. I didn't see it, but it just dawned on me. Castle Ridge just came out with a uh, a box of premium wine, and mm-hmm. this is costing retail. I think they're charging close to a hundred dollars, and what? it's a yeah yeah. It's a three bottle box as uh-huh. Most of them are three or four bottle box, and they're charging close uh-huh. to hundred dollars. But their individual bottles of wine run uh-huh. uh, up in the mid forties. So when you do this, you're saving like you know the twenty five to thirty percent on the cost. And they uh, they had a big thing. I their email explained it. They said that the footprint of doing a box as opposed to wine in a bottle and the mm-hmm. cost of shipping bottles in, the cost of shipping bottles out, and the cost of mm-hmm. doing everything is, it, it was, they quoted the numbers and it was like unbelievable mm-hmm. difference of going on a box and the premium here. Yeah. And they said that they were really surprised that it's selling as well as it does. But, you know, they have mm-hmm. their own niche of customers who will buy their product, just like most wineries do online and all that. But uh, yeah. the way they're talking, it's being picked up and being sold to a greater number of people. And I just, you know, good for them, but the... The point being is how much cheaper they're saying it is to do this mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, through a box because but, of, of weight. Heavy. Glass is very oh. heavy. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, when uh, when I had the winery, when I ship a case, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a full case of wine runs about 38 pounds. And mm-hmm. with the cost of shipping now, uh, oh, the shipping cost now is outrageous. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. frightening how much it costs. Yeah, I mean that doesn't not even including like the shipper and the labor and you know oh, yeah. to get the one box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just you know that's just the you know and to get the bottles in, it's just it's frightening now. I closed the winery down in 2016 and. Uh, I, it, it's it's a good thing I did because I would not be able to make it through the pandemic to begin with, and the cost of stuff now is just staggering. Yeah. Uh, so wh- where was your winery? Here in Florida, uh, just okay. north of Tampa, uh, Florida State nice. Winery, and uh, we. Uh, uh, actually, I closed in 2016. The doctor told me I have diabetes, and the doctor said to 
uh, not sure how diabetes is going to react to me. It's from Agent Orange, and she said, it's affecting your health too greatly to work with the stress and stuff. She says, I highly recommend you close the winery. And so much turmoil mentally and discussions with the wife, and we did close it. And actually, in retrospect, it's a good thing because to the other wineries around the state and at at the time, it was it was good. If we'd waited a couple of years, yeah. it'd put us in the middle of the pandemic, and we would have just been, you know, just out of business with all this inventory. So it yeah it ended up working well. But uh, yeah, we had uh, we had a variety of different things, the Florida Florida based fruits and stuff like that, and all. And it was fun. Florida, it, it was big. And, it's a big wine state, you know. It's like it's, Texas, Florida, Park. They like their wine. Yeah, yeah. Texas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what is happening with Texas with uh, the weather, though. That's that's just frightening. What's going on in a lot of areas of Texas uh, on the weather mm-hmm. and how it's affecting. Whenever I see weather hitting an area, I always look up the vineyards in that area and see what's mm-hmm. going on. And vineyards are, this time of year, are pretty safe, but boy, mm-hmm. there's been some devastating weather events to vineyards around the world in the last two or three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Like the, I mean, I'm in California, and we have just been, I mean, we have been through a drought for the last couple of years. Been yeah horrible and fires as you all know and it has been raining nonstop for like the last (laughs) and I'm so happy that we have so much rain but it's just it's crazy it's craziness but but that rain is translating into snow in the mountains and that's Mm going to melt and they're already Mm -hmm. starting to warn about floods Yep. Yeah. It's it's like we can't seem like the, the pendulum is just like swinging so hard back and forth. <laughs> it, it right. It's like you feel the one thing that we always count on is the weather, and it's like it's like we're feeling like schizophrenic because of the the conditions of weather. And you can't count on something to give yourself a good grape crop because you don't know what's going to happen and that's scary very good point yeah. and you know how much money is put into a vineyard <laughs> oh oh yeah it's just oh my gosh yeah and, and to lose a vineyard yeah. to anything to fires to droughts to flooding it's just it's devastating for a winery it kind of you're like it's kind of like why would anybody get into the wine business <laughs> yeah yeah well, it's the old saying, you know how to make a million dollars in the wine business? Start with five million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a wonderful industry. I I mean, I just love it so much. You really well, do. We, we we've been talking about, you know, a lot of interesting stuff, but you know, tell us tell us you. Tell us you know, what does Jessica do? What what are you involved with and what are you doing and everything? We uh I haven't had an opportunity yeah, so, to really talk about you. Well, I mean, we've been talking about things that are really relevant to what I do and what yeah, I care good. about and 
the work that I do is really a reflection also of kind of the like what I do for my work, which is really customer experience. I'm always thinking about how we can connect customers to a message in a way that is meaningful and in a way that feels good and excite that is exciting and delightful. And I am currently the chief growth and experience officer at Vintage Wine Estates. Mm-hmm. VWE acquired the company that I built with um, the co- my co-founder, Cameron Hughes, called Cameron Hughes Wine. And um, that business um, in the, you know, from like 2008 to like 2000, I would say 17 and the business continues to just outperform in terms of, uh, you know, connecting with customers and exploring, like taking customers through a magnificent journey. Cameron's wine is all about buying made wines on the bulk market, um, blending them up, and selling them under the lot series. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been such a joy because by doing that, we're very efficient. You know, we're not carrying the costs of a winery, but we are able to negotiate with vineyards that make exceptional wine that they decide that they're not going to use for their program. Oh wow! So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been such a an, such a fun business to be part of, and then at BWE coming joining as my company to BWE. I mean, BWE has thirteen wineries, um, a very large direct to consumer business, which is kind of my area of specialty, and does a lot of significant production for a lot of white label brands that are in grocery and, you know, well-known brands out there. Um, And it's just been such a a really fun journey for me because as I said at the beginning of our call, I never imagined that I would end up in the wine industry. I was firmly planted in fashion and beauty and in marketing and just, ended up in this industry and for many years just focused so deeply on customers who are outside the industry, who want to be part of, like, who want to enjoy wine without feeling stupid. I can't say it any other way. Yeah. And it's just really that simple. And so that's really kind of been my mission. And and I get to do it in a medium that I absolutely ha- fell in love with, which is the internet. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just love the ability to share information about wines that are interesting. I love to connect customers to, you know, to other customers who are enjoying the same wine. And there's just so many powerful um, ways to connect customers to the to the winery, to the brand story, and to a community through the internet. But it also is critically important to have the physical component as well. 
the digital piece is only as good as the physical, and the two together are better. That's so true. Uh, do you do virtual tastings? Are you conducting those? Yep, we do them. I mean, obviously during the pandemic, they were kind of the mode of connecting. <laughs> the thing, with, yes. <laughs> the, the thing. Um, it was such a great moment for for our industry because we got to we were able to be in our customers' living room, yeah, or in their family room, or in their kitchen, and share kind of the the like you know taking customers through like a really fun tasting, and I think you know customers truly enjoyed it, and you know when things kind of came back to normal and, you know, customers started coming to the vineyards, whatnot. We still get so many requests to do virtual tastings that in fact, we have to dedicate associates in the tasting room to just do virtual tastings. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I really, I think any way, you know, I always say, the best for a customer to come to our wineries and have an experience with us, but there's no reason that we can't bring it to them. And and the internet makes that possible. And it's, uh, there's, and it's also possible to expand the, uh, the wines that are being tasted. Do you offer tastings for all the brands that uh, VWE has? For our for all of our estate brands, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, I'm I'm looking I'm looking on the web page now, and you get yourselves quite a yeah. <laughs> list of wineries that you represent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a a really it's a really good family of brands and wineries. I mean, Br Cohn and Sonoma is just magical. And um, Bruce Cohn, the founder of VR Cohn, was the manager of the Doobie Brothers. And VR Cohn really is just like a tribute to like the joy of music and enjoying wine, kind of like both aspects. Mm-hmm. And um, we have Vianza, which is also another gorgeous winery in Sonoma with an epic view of the valley. Um, and that winery is uh, was owned by the Sebastiani family. Oh, and then we have, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Quipigas in Calistoga, um, which I mean, just is a, a beautiful, a beautiful love story, but also like an absolute dedication to the art of architecture. Um, it's just one of the most beautiful wineries architecturally that I've ever seen. And Gerard, of course, um, you know, a, a wine that many presidents have enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. also has a tea room there. And then Swanson uh, is another brand that we have in Napa and Cosentino. Uh, those are, are some of our vineyards in California. And then we also have um, uh, vineyards in Oregon and Washington State. And um, yeah, it's like, it's it's super fun. It never gets boring. 
Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine having all those wineries at at your well at your disposal. That is fantastic. It's, uh, most people are are at one, and it's great to do that. But to be able to have a variety of them is exciting. It's so, so it uh, really is. It's it's it is. It, one of the big efforts that we are putting out there is it's called um, the VWE Passport. And mm-hmm. essentially, when you come to Sonoma or Napa, we build the itinerary for you. You don't have to call like 10 different wineries, but oh. we will do it for you. And then there's a benefit. You know, you if you are visiting all of our wineries, you also get a discount associated with that. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. and, and let me and let me explain something to the listeners here. Is and I've mentioned this before, but it's it's an excellent time to reiterate. When you go to California and you want to visit a winery, a lot of them now do require reservations. And if you don't have a reservation, you just pop in some will turn you away and others will give you a a courtesy corner to sit in and give you a quick tasting just to get you out of there. But with something like this, with VWE, you can go through them and bypass all that hassle of trying to get reservations and trying to find who to call or who to contact or wait for an email to come back with you. One stop shopping. You can't beat something like that. So you can't. You can't. And also, you know, if some of your listeners, you know, love some of our brands, they're dead diehard BR Cone fan, they can call BR Cone and BR Cone will be able to provide them the VWE passport. So any oh. winery within the family, um, you know, whether you're aligned with with the winery or the the or you know the parent um like it's the it, the message is the same you know mm-hmm. if you're interested in, in checking all the you know a bunch of different wineries out we would love to do that for you oh fantastic i mean it's uh it's a great way to do it i want Unless you're going to plan on just attending a couple of small wineries, and there's no such thing as a small winery in Napa or Sonoma anymore. So, no. <laughs> Point well made. No, it's, it's, so, it's yeah. so true. And, that, and I think the emphasis on calling to make a reservation and or going online to book a visit is really, really important. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, it's... Uh, and if you're going to California, you definitely have to go to Napa. Uh, if you're in Northern California, I mean, it, I it's like Disney World. You have to go to Disney World at least once in your life, or Disneyland, and you have to go to Napa at least once. So, you know, if you're planning a trip to California, here's a a great inn for you to get into different wineries and and not have to worry about the hassle of booking and all that. That's a great thing, Jessica. Absolutely, and. You, your listeners are welcome to um, look us up, Vintage Wine Estates. Our number is on there. Our email is on there. And just ask about the VWE Passport Program, and they will be hooked up. 
All right, there you go. That's that's uh, that's great. Uh, people don't understand how important something like that is, too, until you get out there and then you go, "Oh, I wish I'd done this." You know, so uh, <laughs> you know, really, it's it's a good a good thing. Um, so you, uh, well, you, you're expanding. I mean, you you have gotten. The revenues up. You you're doing everything. Are you looking at peel to Gen X and Gen Z and millennials? I mean, I just we were talking about that, and everything I'm reading about those groups is is not good for the wine industry. And I just wonder what your approach is going to be. I mean, our approach is to be where our customers shop. And if that is at their local store, then we will be there. If it is um, on Instacart, we will be there. If it is on, you know, Safeway.com, we will be there. If it is at one of our websites, CRConeWinery.com, we will be there. That's, there you go. We, we really believe that it is, you know, one of the, the most important parts of what we do is and of course you're talking to the person who oversees customer experience is mm-hmm. to really provide customers every opportunity in a way that is so super easy for them to connect with us. Good. I, you know, and yeah. it just, that's one of the things I mean, it, wine is, and I hate to say this and I, I hate to worry, but I've heard it used so much and I've used it intimidating and I, I'd love to see it get away from that, the, the intimidation of wine. I want to see wine become uh, so much, well, I even say that it's friendly and not mm-hmm. uh, something that you would have to think about just for a special occasion or, you know, my mother and father-in-law is coming over. I need to pick up a nice bottle of wine. Well, you should have some nice wine already on your wine rack in your house. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm uh, working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Now, now the question is, tell me your favorite red and favorite white. I don't need a brand. I just need a varietal. Um, my favorite red is Cabernet Franc. Oh, very good. I love Cabernet Franc myself. Oh, oh I love it. It's just. It's got everything I'm looking for. And and it's not Cabernet Sauvignon. I mean, that's the thing. The Cabernet Franc is so different than Cabernet Sauvignon that it makes it so so exciting. And it's so good. Like, I think it's really hard to make Cabernet Franc. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've had some bad ones over my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like right up there with Petite Syrah, you know, just like such... For me, just like such great bridles with so much going on. Yeah. Um, and then well, I put Barbera in that list. Oh, I, I, I love oh, Barbera. Yes, yes. I love yes, Barbera. Barbera. Barbera, I'm with you. There's some and, and beautiful Barbera made in California. California used to do quite a few Barberas, and they've gotten away mm-hmm. from it uh, in the recent mm-hmm. years. And they, it's yes. just like they say, okay, we're not going to do it anymore. We'll just let Italy take care of it. And 
and stop. Yep. But boy, that's really too bad because I've had some such such beautiful barbaras out in California. Mm-hmm. I would look in, you know, just for your listeners too, if if they're interested in barbera, there's lots of wineries in the Sierra foothills, and so oh. do a search on barbera in Google or whatever browser you're using. Um, just search Sierra Foothills Barbera. Okay. And okay. you will not go wrong. You just will not wow. go wrong. Price, I, I don't know what the price is, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Maybe, <laughs> you know, you just might jump back to the Italian anyway. You know, that's, uh, mm. yeah. yeah. And then in the white world, um, I would say I love a, I love Sauvignon Blanc only from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monkey Bay. I, I love a Monkey Bay Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that probably speaks to like my larger love for the, the Sancerre grape. You know, Sancerre is just, it's like, it's just a very, I tend to like more acidity in my white wine, mm-hmm. like a little just a little bit bubbly, so to speak, um, yeah. which is not the it's not like the common style. I mean, I would say the dominant white style, as you all know, is more of a fermented Chardonnay. Right. Um, but I, I really, I like very clean, you know, clean Sauvignon Blanc. The problem with most people, though, is that acid, and you say you like mm. a little bit of acid, people don't I like go. that. I yeah. know. And it's know. really sad. They, you know, it's uh, uh, that little bite. I love that little bite in Sauvignon Blancs and, and un-oaked Chardonnays, if they're done right, mm. you get that little bite. And yeah. you don't... People don't like that, though. They And yeah. winemakers know people don't like that. And so they yeah. try to get that acid down as much as mm-hmm. they can because it doesn't mm-hmm. normally sell. And when you find one mm-hmm. where a winemaker goes, oh, the heck with it. Let's make this acidic. Yeah. And it, it just is beautiful. So, I'm, t- I'm totally with you. I it isn't, you know, it's more, um, I would say that the, that cleaner, higher acid style is more well, well distributed on the East Coast. It's hard to find on the West Coast. And yeah. obviously in Europe, you know, you can find that cleaner, more higher acid style of, of, of white. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not a really huge a white a big white wine person, um, but I will say like my absolute favorite drink of all drinks is you know what champagne. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'm always uh, promoting the <laughs> benefits of champagne a lot on this show. I'm telling oh, people it's God. not just for New Year's Eve. You can have <laughs> totally. champagne anytime. You know, and not it's, just champagne, but Cremant and uh, Prosecco yes, and uh, Cava. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many bubblies out there that are so good. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think people uh, 
We have an amazing winery um, down on the central coast called Leticia. And, mm, yeah, yeah. and Leticia, we just have, I mean, the sparkling that they produce is just off the hook incredible. Really? They and affordable. Oh, yep. wow. That's, that's really how they built their reputation. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Leticia, and uh, I didn't realize they were so into the, the sparkling wines on that. Yeah. You know, like sparkling is a big investment. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. People used to come into the winery and say, do you make a sparkling wine? I go, nope, and I never, ever will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go, why? And I said, because it's a royal pain. That's why. And, yeah. you you know, I mean, the amount of money you have to charge for it, people want to buy it. And so yeah. I never did. Totally. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a good sparkling wine is, is uh, really a good sparkling wine is hard to find. But people are looking and I hate to say this, but people are looking for a sweeter sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and uh, I don't know. If you start getting it, people start drinking sparkling wines and they like the sweeter ones. That's great and that's wonderful. That That's a gateway drug into the drier ones. And I'm happy for that. But yeah. I'm going to see more people drink sparkling wines for any okay. I, actually, I've got like... Oh, a good dozen of them in my wine rack because it's just something we pull out, we chill, and we have on just about any occasion, nothing special. It doesn't have to be a special occasion to to have the sparking. I'm with you. I'm with (laughs) you. I I so enjoy chatting with you. No, oh, I I have too. This has been really enjoyable. Mike, do you have any comments or anything to ask Jessica? Um, any what? Mike, my my co-host here. He's, oh, oh, he oh, takes sorry. a second sorry. to get it here because he's he's doing all sorts of stuff, uh, tweeting and keeping everything going and all that stuff. And so I ask him if he has any comments, and it takes him a minute to wake up. I really think he naps instead of just doing all that. <laughs> I do not. Uh, no, I was just looking up a bunch of you know topics and and names that you were. Uh, have been talking about like Franzio Wines. I didn't know uh, they were founded in 1906, and uh, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, from the the wine group. And uh, there's a uh, yeah. I was just looking up some things. Uh, I was looking up uh, Leticia in uh, a Vineyard and Winery in Arroyo Grande. Arroyo Grande. Mm-hmm. Grande. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if it was the Grande or the regular size, but uh, in California. Yeah. And uh, yep. was looking. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just um, I, I uh, checking uh, see chats anything. Uh, I don't see any any uh, comments uh, or questions, um, anything. But uh, yeah, just been uh, really enjoyable. Uh, uh, picking up a lot of uh, information and everything. Yeah, very good. Thank you. That was it. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Well, Jessica, any well before yeah. you leave, I want you to give mm-hmm. contact information. I you know emails, Facebooks, uh, Twitter, whatever is out there, and whatever you guys do, uh, give the contact information for anyone who might want to get a hold of you or have any questions or anything else. 
So a great way to get hold of me is my email, which is jessica at chwine.com. You can go, so CH Wine, Cameron Hughes Wine is the company that I founded that was acquired by Vintage Wine Estates. Vintage Wine Estates has their own corporate site, vintagewineestates.com. And on there, you'll see all the different um, estates and uh, direct-to-consumer uh, companies that that the parent company owns. And it just is a wonderful way to explore what we do. We're on LinkedIn, um, as is Cameronese Wine. And uh, on Instagram, uh, you can find us at uh, Vintage Wine Estates and at CH Wine. And, uh, yeah, my name is Jessica Kogan, K-O-G-A-N, and uh, just look me up. Type me in your browser. You'll find me. There you go. And keep in mind, you're making a trip to the Napa area. Get a hold of Jessica, and she'll uh, get your winery itinerary uh, set up for you, which is really an important thing. I can't emphasize that enough, how how great that is to have someone to be able to take care of that for you. So, Jessica, thank you so much for taking out. It really was a pleasure talking with you tonight. And uh, we, we, <laughs> we've been trying to do this for, for a long time here. And, I know. I'm yeah. super glad that we and Thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Me too. <laughs> me too. So have yourself a wonderful evening. And uh, then when you uh, hit your next plateau, uh, Maybe we can get David to hook us up again, and we can do this again. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Okay. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye now. Bye. All right. Yeah, really. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, The list of wineries underneath the Vintage Wine Estates family is enormous. Mm -hmm. I mean – Go to the website, uh, com and check them out. I mean, there's there's a lot of wineries. There's some that I never realized were part of that I've been to and I'm familiar with, but uh, you can check them, check them out. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. if you're ever, again, if you're making a trip out to the West Coast, then uh, hook up with them because they can get you into these things a lot faster than you can yourself. And that's really important. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, Cameron Hughes uh, website, how they uh, save money uh, going through them. They're uh, wine traders, and uh, they find the best wines and negotiate the best price for their customers. Um, And they said you could – you could – typically get a hundred dollar plus uh, Napa Cabernet um, for a third of a price or $60 a bottle. Um, wow. Uh, or a $60 bottle of Pinot for under $20. Okay. That's what it, I read that wrong. Um, they're able to offer hundred dollar plus Napa Caber- Cabernets for a third of the price or a $60 bottle of Pinot for under $20. Um, exact same wine sold under the original winery label. So, wow. um, that's yeah, a big, so, yeah, big, um, big thing there too. And it's you know if yeah. you get wines like that, that that's a great way to try a little bit more expensive wines at a mm-hmm. much cheaper price. And yeah. 
you know, you, you know saying, ooh, I spent $60 for this, but you can say, oh, I spent $20. I'm not a real big fan, but I'll remember next time. You don't have to spend that $60. You know, that's right. Yeah. Great. Like a good deal. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's, almost, you know that service that the service that they offer in uh, in I guess it's just in California the uh, where they make all the arrangements it's it's almost like a travel agency for wineries um, yeah, yeah which very unique I mean that that's I wish they did it all over because gosh you could you could plan you know vacations around it. it's like uh, oh. you know they're going to plan everything on on that end and just make a make a whole uh, deal out of it and use their services uh, for when you want to do a you know wine days or you know something on your vacation plan so uh man that's a that's a cool service excellent offer yeah that sure. is a great service yeah. excellent point and you're right mm. that's too bad they don't have them other places because wineries mm. it, it's hard to get into some wineries i mean they mm. you, you don't know always what's going on and the cost and different things like that and reservations yeah. in some areas i mean you, you get in places like Florida, you don't have to worry about reservations, but you get in places like uh, foothills of Texas and California mm-hmm. and uh, Finger Lakes. You, you know, yeah, I, can, I was trying to remember that one, Finger Lakes. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah. You know, I was like, what? So, that one up there up in the north, northeast or something? Uh, northeast, yeah, yeah. Finger legs. And, and these, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's to have a service like that, that's a good idea, and, you know. Any yeah. wineries or any anybody that lives amongst these areas, that mm-hmm. would be a good business to get into. I mean, you don't have to be as so much involved like Jessica is, but just yourself walk around the wineries and say, "Hey, you know, can I work out something with you?" And I'm sure it would be a great service. And so, no, no, I'm just. Well, she might. Uh, maybe they'll expand. I don't know. That uh, you know, yeah. they already got the foundation going in in the biggest you know winery market in the country possibly the world i don't know but uh you know uh god you you got that on you got that on your uh on your plate already you can pretty much go anywhere well we're doing it in napa oh okay yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's very oh okay so uh, yeah yeah our start was (laughs) in napa now we include finger lakes and uh you know the the foothills of our hill country of texas and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you can just expand it all over on that. Huh. Really, really branch out, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, uh, quick shout out to uh, Cap Kaplowitz of uh, Kaplowitz Media at uh, kaplowitz.xyz. Thank you for sharing the post regarding tonight's show. Really appreciate that. I put it on the little banner thing that went across the screen for a minute. But um, and very uh, and Cap's going to be a guest coming up. Excuse me. Well, sometime within the next couple, three weeks. Yeah, he's wow. uh, he's written a new book, and uh, as soon as I finish reading it, uh, I will get him scheduled because I want to be able to talk about the book a little bit. And don't want to give it away because is this the, you know, is it the Sherlock Holmesy uh, one that he was writing? Yeah, something uh, something like of, it. It's uh, yeah. the title I mean, title of the book is. Uh, Tales of Henry Swallow, mm. issue one. Uh, so okay. it's uh, oh, issue I, one, issue oh. one. So it sounds like he might be coming mm-hmm. out with follow up episodes, but oh. uh, so far I've, I've worked my way through it and 
so far it's it's an interesting read. So, but uh, Very cool. we'll let him when he's on the show tell you why he decided to to do the tales of Henry Swallow and all that. He's a big Sherlock Holmes fan, so you know it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't yeah. surprise me that he's doing something like this. So, but and uh, Very cool. also when I was talking to him, we we always get a group of us talking on Wednesday nights, and he was one of them. And they they all wondered what Mike looked like, and I said Mike tries to stay incognito, and they all decided that you were probably in a witness protection program. Oh, yeah, because absolutely. they can't find any picture of you. And I said, now, if he was in a witness protection, why would he have a radio show and be on All About Wine? And, all, you know, and they said, because he's well, changed his it. name and all that. And that's why, you know, so. Yeah, I changed, changed my name. I don't have to show myself, you know. I that's right. don't yeah. have to show my uh, my real identity. It's radio, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's absolutely. So, so they go. got you figured <laughs> out. So. And then I said, what yeah. would he be a witness <laughs> of that would require protection? <laughs> That was that was their mm-hmm. these these are the group of guys that did the cigar show um mm-hmm. a while back. And so if you haven't listened to it, if you, you you're into cigars or you want to get into cigars, it was an interesting show. It was a lot of information mm-hmm. on there about smoking a cigar and and um types of cigars and all that. So uh yeah. check that out in the archives. It's it's out there. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's a good show. And then Cap's mm. been on a couple of times too by himself. And so yeah. uh, you can check those out in the archives. But yeah. All right. Yeah, I a, okay. I have a clip so, on the team he was on but uh, I won't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why are you bothering me? I have a little button here. All I have to push this little button, and it says "Cap." Why are you bothering me on on the description? So it's just a it's just a, a well, button ahead, on my go ahead, panel. Go ahead and hit the button. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I want to be able to sit down in my chair and have my ashtray, my cigar, a little bit of a libation if I decide to have that, and and I want to be able to just be there, and if somebody comes over to me. Uh, I, I want to be able to yell at them and tell them to go away. And I wanted my voice to carry, and it carries better indoors when I say, why are you bothering me? <laughs> why are you bothering me? Uh, why are you bothering me? <laughs> there you go. So, so the calf will be on the show in probably a couple of weeks. So we've got, right. we got him to look forward to. Uh, that's uh, a funny clip, what though. Is- Next week, yeah, I should pull. I should try and uh, grab some other audio from that show. It was it was a good show, um, yeah, and having them all on the air at, at one time that was a good show with uh, with everybody from from his uh, you know the cigar, um, the cigar, you know, cigar Craig yeah. and, and Mike yeah. and Phil yep. and Cap and you know, they all yep. contributed and told cool. about cigars and different things. Very knowledgeable mm-hmm. about cigars and so yeah, a lot of good uh, stories and uh, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Next next week, uh, the 16th. 16th. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully I can do this. I don't know what – I've never done jury duty before, but Tuesday apparently is my day. So, oh, is uh, it? I'll see what uh, – yeah, yeah, what, what it transpires there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for some reason, 
somebody raised my hand. I don't know what happens, but um, hey, I'm, it's my first time. I'm, I'm uh, kind of excited and kind of uh, well, what's that mean, you know? Um, but uh, so maybe I, I am in on... witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> jury duty, yeah. I was in <laughs> on jury duty. Oh, geez, this had to be 15 years ago. I was on jury duty, and it Ooh. was it was a silly case, but they asked for a trial by jury. And I was voted the foreman of the wow. uh, of the jury, and we went back and I said, "Well, I guess the first thing to do is take a vote." And everybody immediately voted the same way. I mean, there was no split decisions, there was no <laughs> debate. And I said, "Wow!" I said, "That's too fast. Why don't we just sit here for like ten minutes, like we really discussed it?" And uh, the uh, the clerk, uh, or not clerk, but the guard, or whatever her title would be, came in and said, "You found a decision." And I said, "If we don't find it, will we be sequestered overnight and get?" And she goes, "No." I said, "Yeah, we found a decision." Then, <laughs> so uh, we <laughs> we went back out there, and the uh, the judge said, uh, "She knew I was a foreman." And she said, "Mr. Hunt," and she said. Uh, I uh, understand you're the foreman. She says, have you found, uh, got a verdict? And I said, yes, you have. I said, yes, we have, Your Honor. And she goes, uh, she told the, the lady, the, the police officer, she says, uh, would you get the decision? And she took it from me, and the judge read the decision. I didn't get a chance to say it, and I was a little disappointed in that. Oh, wow. Because I thought I was, we would be able to say, we, the jury, have found yeah. that the defendant not guilty but she didn't even let me do that so i was wow i was a little disappointed yes yes i really i was disappointed in not being able to yeah to say that in there but uh well oh well i i was uh i was uh i think it was when i was in hillsborough county i i got on i got on one but uh called or checked in the status like the day or two before and it says mm-hmm. oh we don't need you and i was like well Dang it! I really wanted to, you know, and all of a sudden this comes up. I'll find out uh, Monday if I actually go in or not the next day. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, they get so many never, people. Never so said. many people. They they really jack so many people. And, oh wow! You know, so. well, might be it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so that maybe you'll week. be sequestered, um, get meals, and all that stuff. No, no. I have I have things to do. Uh, I have yeah. places to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm always afraid I'm going to get a a letter put me on a grand jury because they use Ooh. just regular people like us for grand juries too, and I, yeah. I just you know those are the ones where they uh, they're like in session. Yeah, they're in session for a couple yeah. weeks and stuff like that. And, you know, I just, mm. I'm always afraid that's going to happen. But hmm. I yeah. don't know. No. Interesting. Well, we're talking about, um, I, I wonder if the government's like Google. We talk about this and now we're going to start getting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Always listening. Always. <laughs> always uh, listening to us. Oh, there's two good people for grand jury. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, well, so we'll uh, we'll be here uh, next Thursday. 
the 16th of March. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, don't forget what uh, this coming weekend is. That's right. Uh, anyway, Spring I have no idea. Forward. Oh, is it? Oh, that's right. That's Sunday. Sunday morning, <laughs> that wasn't what you were talking <laughs> No, I was just <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Anyway, oh yeah, thank you. That is this weekend. That's what I was yeah, not referring to. But um, have a good uh, have a good weekend and uh, enjoy your uh, hour less of sleep Sunday morning. And uh, thank, thank you, all for you tuning Jessica. In. Then, Great guest. Yeah, I thank you. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, roll the window down for a second. Roll it back up. Yeah, uh, have you. a great uh, have a great week. We'll see you all next uh, Thursday, six uh, seven p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Wow, there you go. And we return back to normal broadcasting. And uh, so it says 2016. How? What time is it? 1720. So it's, wow, it's still behind. This stupid thing. Um, you know, when it, let me go back to my browser. I can't see this. When I went, oh, 